Hey, you're listening to Artisan Alley, the podcast that gives you an all-access pass to your new favorite artists and so much more. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow on social media at Artisan Alley. Here's your host, Allie Crump. Hello, 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 hello. It's Allie. Hey, everyone. How are we doing? Um, We're back. I mean, we didn't really take a week off, Um, but we're back with season three. Um, Wow. Just wow. Um, I have talked about this band um, probably on every episode since we've started. The band Valley, I just saw them in Nashville. Um, For anyone who's hanging around after uh, last week's episode, um, I just saw them in Nashville and I was lucky enough to chat with them actually two days before I left um, to go to the show. So it was really great and so exciting. And we talked about so, so much stuff. Um, It's really probably one of the best episodes we've done. Um, We talked to to Mickey and Alex and they were just so sweet and it was right before they left for Bottle Rock um so they all were preparing and everything like that um so it was just it was truly great um I adore Valley so much um as you guys know if you listen to the podcast um but before we get into the episode I just want to do a quick rundown of the last week and then we'll get straight into it let's go so we're going to switch things up compared to what we normally do. Um, we're going to start with my last five like songs on Spotify to get the conversation going. Um, and we're going to look at that right now. And number one, and number one, we have I Hope You're Happy by Games We Play. Artist and Alley alumni, they just put out the song um, Friday. And listen, everything I love about Games We Play is in the song. And if you check out our episode, we talked about how they are really just taking on pop punk right now. And I personally think filling in the gaps where... Uh, a lot of pop pop punk is lacking in that old school pop punk flair and I think the song perfectly portrays that that's my first one on the list today and number two is Wildest Dreams um, parentheses Taylor's version um, by Taylor Swift I (laughs) she surprised us with this one and of course she did because she's Taylor Swift and I just was so excited I love the song so so much um and it was she's just incredible somebody get her on this podcast um uh number three is oak trees by daniel i don't know how to pronounce the name um anyway uh i saw this guy on tiktok and uh he responded to somebody's video with somebody i don't know um anyway so i looked him up on spotify and i just liked one of his songs because you know i was scrolling late at night 2 a.m probably and i was like i don't have time to listen to this like very well so i liked it and i listened to it when i woke up this morning and it was so good it was so good um (laughs) and number four is uh actually forgive and forget by the wildlife um we had them on the podcast and this song came up on my some one of my playlists and i was like i forgot how much i love this song and truth truthfully repaint my mind um is one of my favorite records this year um and you can expect to see it when we do an episode talking about all my my favorite music from this year um but it's just it's just so good um and number five of my last five like songs on spotify is lover boy by the front bottoms um i don't think i've talked about talked about my love for the front bottoms on this podcast quite yet um but i think they're they're such such a good band um and i didn't realize like they put the song out so i'm scrolling and i find it i'm like oh excuse me rude of them not to tell me that they put this out 
um but it is it is what it is uh definitely recommend it definitely check it out um for anybody listening um i've been what, what have i done this week i've read a book um ghost by dolly alderton it's a quite a good book um what has happened in the music realm that i can think of that we we can chat about we chat about quite quick there's been a lot of artists and alley alumni announcing tours and different uh dates that they're going to be playing so i just want to shout out a couple um i know specifically 90s kids is going on tour with betcha um they'll be coming to virginia so i'll be making the trek out to virginia for them um uh no disco has also put out a couple dates um new york la and i believe toronto uh vacation manor is going on tour so please if you've been hanging out around the podcast um and you like all these bands that we've been featuring be sure to check them out and support them on tour like stream all their music yada 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 support your favorite bands that is the tea um and I uh, definitely, definitely recommend it. Um, I just want to flash forward and talk about the season and my goals just so everybody listening can hang and just kind of get, get a glimpse. Um, the last two seasons have been all artist interviews, which have been amazing and so thought provoking for me as a fan, also as somebody in the industry. So I really, really, really adore what we've done with those. Um, but I want to take it to the next level. I want to take it to the next step i don't want to just be artist in alley i wanted to be manager in alley i wanted to be publicist in alley we're not going to change the name of the podcast but we need to open up these conversations because a lot of people who i've talked to um they are music fans who are, are curious about the industry and they want to know and they want to like open up these conversations and think about their future and they love these bands but they also love the photographer or whatever that looks like um so so far i've picked out some really great people um i just finished the records for next week's episode um so just to give a little sneak peek um it's all about fan engagement and we were able to talk to with a very popular um influencer who is notorious for fan engagement and has done her own um she's done her own different endeavors with that and then also we talked to a very large organization that specializes in fan engagement and uh, you know that's such a broad term to say but they literally are taking everything they know as music fans and what they've learned from other music fans and other and other and other and they're creating an organization to help out bands when they think of like how do i better its fan strategy and i just it was such a great conversation i can't wait for you guys to hear that next week um and if there's any topics that you want us to cover specifically feel free to shoot us a dm shoot us a, a, an email whatever that looks like artisanally at artisanally artisanally gmail um because I want to be able to bring the content that you guys want to hear, so I just want to say that little tidbit. And if you like uh, me chit-chatting, if you like um, two pals talking all about music in just a very casual way, um, and I mean casual, it's just kind of like two two friends just chatting because that's what it is. Uh, my friend Sydney and I um, did bring back our podcast, and it's called Vinyl Variety Podcast. Um, we put out an episode last week, and it's called Casey Camino and Bring the Pitchfork. Um, and we talked about Casey, obviously Casey Musgraves' new album, the band Camino's new album. And then we also talked about Lainey and their terrible Pitchfork review, and also their allegations against them, and how that's kind of affecting them as a band and as a fan or previous fans, our reactions to that. And it's a really really great conversation. If you want to check that out at Vinyl Variety Pod on Instagram, Vinyl Variety Podcast on all streaming sites, yada, yada, yada. It is what it is. 
Um, but again, thank you guys for joining us today. Um, I'll keep this as short as possible now that I've done my little tangent. <laughs> um, if you want to follow us at Arts and Outline off social media sites, be sure to give us a like, subscribe, follow, wherever it is. If you want to listen to the video version of this podcast, that's on YouTube. Um, and if you like Valley, which if you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening as a fan of Valley, you already know the to-do, but they're at their their social media handle is at this is Valley. Um, and stream their newest song, Oh Shit, Are We In Love. Stream on October 1st, their new EP, Last Birthday. I'll be streaming it. Check them out on tour with Coin this fall. And all of the things, if you uh, if this is your first time listening to Valley or checking out Valley, tell them we sent you. And it's all love around. Um, and everybody, thank you guys so much uh, for checking us out. Let's get into the episode. This band needs no introduction. They are the band that everyone is talking about. They are truly taking over the indie pop alt-pop scene. And with their latest track, Oh Shit, Are We In Love, that exemplifies their classic Valley nostalgic sound and with fresh flair. You can catch them across the U.S. this fall with Coin and on your For You page. Please welcome Mickey and Alex of Valley. Woo! What's up? Hello, hello. (laughs) So just to kind of get us started, what was the first thing you guys listened to today? I haven't listened to music today yet. I haven't either. You caught me uh, before that. (laughs) (laughs) I think the first thing I'm probably going to listen to, because I have to go on a walk to get a haircut, and it's like an eight-minute walk. So what would be the first thing I listen to? Honestly, it'll probably be demos. I (laughs) I like walking and listening to my friends' music, like demos that like we have a lot of artist friends and we all like kind of share music with each other. So I, I always love to listen to like get inspired by like our friends and also probably going to listen to Oh Shit cause it's coming out soon. <laughs> and so I guess that's like kind of a conceited answer, but it, it, it helps me like think and like evaluate and stuff. And <laughs> It's probably an anxiety thing, too. Like, okay, is it still good? I forget. And, like, we, like, always have to, like, play it back. Um, but, yeah. So, probably my friends' demos or, or Valley demos. That's fair. That's fair. I Alex, feel like plans I... to listen? <laughs> well, I mean, I definitely have plans to listen to something. I got to drive today. So, I'm going to go on a long oh, yeah. drive, probably, and put on some tunes. But what's funny is I usually wake up uh, with a song in my head that I listened to the night before often. Mm-hmm. Like I still oh, have it in my head <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think I went to bed with Avril Lavigne in my head. I think complicated. <laughs> <laughs> so what a better track, have, which is a fantastic song. And I don't know why, but I've been listening to a lot of Avril Lavigne lately, but, uh, Dang yeah, fan, yeah, yeah. Fantastic songs. She's, she's a <laughs> Canadian icon, shall we say? She really is. Yeah. And um, have you guys partaken in the theory that she's dead and then somebody replaced her? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I've heard about, I've heard about it. No, yeah. I don't think so. I'd, I'd like to no, have she's she's just, she got well and alive. <laughs> From the, the OG yeah. Avril. That's fair. <laughs> the yeah. OG. Yeah. I don't remember what they named her, but <laughs> I remember that theory came out when I was uh, like in college and all of us were just Avril. like, whoa. And then Ooh, it was just so a wormhole. <laughs> We were on tour and we met her like uncle or something. No, her stepdad. Okay. Um, Yeah. He was like, 
Yeah. Uh, he was a really nice dude and he was wearing an Avril shirt and he was like so passionate about Avril and he showed us all these photos of him with Avril. It was like so cute. It's so wholesome. Yeah. So I, maybe he would have spilled the beans if it was true that she's dead. But That's true. Maybe I hope she's alive and healthy and doing well. She, I mean, she's been releasing music and killing it. So happy for her. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, and I'm, I'm glad we could we could talk about that. <laughs> um, so looking back, um, so the Toronto music scene right now is um, very much on the up and poppin' and up and up. Um, how did the Toronto music scene kind of um, affect what you guys did? I know that you guys met um, when you were in separate projects. Um, yeah. But how did that music scene kind of affect what you guys did? I mean, it was very, very influential for us. Alex can talk a bit about it as well. But like, um, it's funny because when we were growing up making music, the, the like indie rock scene in Toronto was like so huge. Like the Arkells and Tokyo Police Club and Colorado and all these like bands that were mostly massive Colorado. in Canada. Like, yeah, you're literally wearing a Colorado shirt. Um, but they were like these like rock indie rock bands that like basically raised us as teenagers and then and that's the first thing we bonded over but then as we started kind of making music more seriously we like entered more of the pop space and got like really obsessed with pop music and just like all of a sudden i don't know if it was like placebo but all of a sudden like the charts the pop charts were just covered by like Canadians like Alessia yeah. Cara, Sean Mendes, Justin Bieber, Drake, The Weeknd, Party Next Door. Like it's a never-ending list of like <laughs> these Toronto pop artists that are just like so internationally like massive and have changed pop music forever, mm -hmm. like across all genres. And so I think our music is like sitting in this like in, in terms of like Canadian influence because we're also obsessed with like UK music and American artists yeah. and like and like Asian pop stars and stuff like that that really influence us but in terms of the Canadian side of it like I think we're kind of an amalgamation of like those two Canadian influences and stuff that we've been like hearing on the radio or been paired with at festivals and shows and stuff in Canada so like yeah it's like the pop artists and those indie artists that kind of were like a blend of those maybe in terms of influence so definitely affected us largely i i mean the, the toronto music scene for sure raised us um and yeah we we bonded over uh, a lot of that music in our in our early days in our formative years you know um yeah yeah i know you nailed it and personally um what artist in your youth um was your, the biggest influence for you um this like doesn't have to be canadian but what was the biggest influential artist good question in my youth grade or the year yeah, like, yeah what no, really sparked on... your your passion I, like for me i think of when i uh first listened to from under a cork tree and i was in third grade um oh, wow. so that's what i think about when i i mean not that i am a singer by any means we're going not young i would say like motown and jackson five and stuff because my I dad can. played a lot of like motown soul jackson five r&b stuff from mm -hmm. like the 40s 50s 60s 70s like there was a lot of r&b that my dad listened to there but then getting older i got into like pop punk like got into like the green day stuff yeah. 
I was obsessed with uh, Alex too. I mean, Alex is like the number one Green Day fan in the entire world. Um, and then I think in high school, I, I got introduced to like hip hop and like Drake specifically, probably because he's from Toronto and like got really influenced by like that type of R&B mm-hmm. and, and stuff. And then also had like had like the acoustic like Jason Mraz phase (laughs) in high school and then um got really into like just straight like pop music that has like the cool twist to it you know Mm -hmm. like I just love pop music that has a subgenre that ended up making it to radio Mm -hmm. but also like kind of comes from a place of like underground alternative like whether it's Post Malone or like, you know, Walk Walk the Moon yeah. or like it, it's kind of this like subgenre pop music that or SZA or like, you know, anyone that's like Olivia Rodrigo, Taylor Swift, yeah. had a mass uh, obsessed with Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber is like my like pop hero, like both his voice and songwriting and the way he changes and <laughs> Anyway, I'll let Alex talk, though, because Alex has a lot of, like, the Green Day Coldplay influences that you can go. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny. I feel like I probably went through, like, ten different phases before Green Day, but then that one made me start playing music. I don't know, like, I... I listened to the Beatles a ton. I had a huge, huge Beatles phase. The Who, the Guess Who. Uh, Guess Who's a great Canadian band. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, no, like I, I, I had, a, I got a burn CD from my aunt. It was American Idiot, <laughs> and that was the Best CD. Best pop like ever. Oh yeah, no, no, no doubt. Like yeah. I think it had like six number ones on it or something. Like it was. It's nuts how how big that that album was, but um, yeah, I know that one really made me start uh, playing music. I, I still probably know how to play every song on guitar from that <laughs> that album, and uh, yeah, and then I I, I don't know I, I kind of transitioned from that to a bunch of other stuff. It was really a, like a gateway record. Um, I had started listening to Blink, a uh, bunch of pop music and. And yeah, that was my that was my gateway. Coldplay for I sure. think as a band, the first artist that like we were like, Oh my god, we need to be like we need to be like a professional band and we need to make shows like this and and like do this is like obviously the nineteen seventy five. Like I think the nineteen seventy five basically birthed like a thousand bands. <laughs> you know what 100%. I mean? Like so yeah. true. they started an era and I like we don't like to follow in in their you know musical footstep necessarily as much mm-hmm. as like like we don't try and make music that sounds like the 1975 like obviously right. we have a lot of sub genres within our music that is far from them but I think in terms of like how true they are to their art and how every time they come back it's just like hey here's a completely different <laughs> fucking thing like yeah. we just like love that and I think we bonded over the 1975 because that's the first band we like found as a band mm-hmm. opposed to like bringing new influences in so that, that was definitely a big bonding experience for us as like a big music fan, um, I was obviously very big into One Direction. I had that whole, you know, fangirl phase. Well, still in it, but like, it's fine. Um, but the pipeline between One Direction to the 1975 to like what we are now and that whole like 
how people transitioned through that whole thing was just almost seamless. And I think the 1975 came in as a lot of us were getting older. And I say us as like, you know, a general like age group, um, (laughs) which really like made us all just like sing robbers and like want to cry. And I finally saw them live for the first time. um, Right. It was December 2019. Um, One of the best shows of all time. Hands down. I saw them twice in a weekend because they did a festival and then they did like a headline or I think they both were. Both are festivals, but both of them. The lighting? Oh my god. Oh my gosh. It's it's absolutely fantastic. So I'm really like glad that that's you know was a big one for you guys as a band, um, especially because they like you said they really can just pop off with like a record that you've never heard before. And even the last one they put out, um, I mean, not to get into it, but personally it wasn't my favorite. But like they were like it's it's they yeah. are consistent and they can you know keep flipping that and flipping that and flipping it and yeah. still be who they are. They're almost more of a statement band than anything. Like they're just yeah. like. They're true artists, you know, it's almost it's not it's not really about the music as as much as it is like the entire thing. Right. The videos, the the artistry, the interviews that like they're just like they were one of the first examples for us as a band to be like shit, like we really got to be like fucking artists, you know, and like because yeah. I mean, I think it's always been in us, but like it was a really cool example. Um as a band to like kind of look up to and um the last year alone has been speechless i you know we all know how we all feel about the last year um as a band and then personally what has been the biggest struggle for you guys alex you want to go for that one yeah um I feel like uh, the biggest struggle because we've we've done we've done a ton of writing together as a band we've we've produced a ton of music together but it's always been in um, like pockets of time I feel like um, there hasn't been any consistency we haven't been able to uh, I mean like no there's let me let me rephrase that there's been consistency in where like over months we've we've been you know getting together x amount of times a week or or whatever but. Um, we haven't been able to just like hang out randomly like we used to because of COVID. It's, I mean, like it's, it's a lot better now. I'd say more so early COVID to mid COVID. Um, (laughs) we, we just, you know, like we're trying to follow guidelines and, you know, be safe. And, and so that was the biggest thing. And I, I think because we're all four friends, you know, and it's mm-hmm. our, our band is more than just the music. We, we love each other. We love spending time with each other. And that is like a, a key uh, aspect of, of our, our group for sure. And when you, when you take that away and it's just the, the music and just the, the, you know, the business of it all, like it's, it's great, mm-hmm. but the interpersonal relationships are almost more important. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. we're we're so good now and um it's it's just nice now that you know we're all vaccinated and we can hang out and go on tour and and we're going on a mini run in in tomorrow <laughs> actually tomorrow yeah. and, <laughs> and and you know we're all so excited to finally be back and uh traveling together. That stuff is is just so much fun and um that's what was missing and yeah it's uh but it's all good now (laughs) yeah i'd honestly say like so 
I mean, I this definitely isn't the case for everybody, but we were incredibly fortunate that like none of our close friends or family members uh, actually suffered from like the disease itself. Um, so that being said, like for us, and like we're so grateful for this, I think there were honestly like more silver linings than there were issues for us. I mean, I'm saying that very optimistically. I think if I was a pessimist, there were a ton of horrible things. Like we couldn't, we had like multiple tours and festivals and shows that were canceled. We couldn't get together for like months on end. We got tested like 20 times last year to do every music video and like to hustle. Like anxiety was through the roof because we wanted to be socially conscious, but we also like didn't want to like lose what we've been building for the last seven years of our life. So it's like there were all those struggles, but I think coming out of it were we, I think did such a good job of like building as an artist and adapting to the situation. And like, I think there was a lot of personal growth, like self growth. Like there was, there's just so many silver linings I think that came out of it. Um, so I like to, like, I feel like focusing on that or it's almost hard not to focus on that because like I genuinely am like really proud of the band and like how we came out of the pandemic, um, both as like, personal people and um also as like a business and artists and stuff so um honestly like there's a lot of silver linings that like are really great 100 percent. and um my favorite thing to ask people about the pandemic is did you pick up any weird hobbies like weird things weird (laughs) talents that you know you wouldn't have before i learned how to make macaroons um and it was like the biggest like oh my i did it (laughs) hours of sweating in the kitchen just like (laughs) and i I did it did you guys find anything weird (laughs) mike alex got more into production like you started producing because he went he like stayed up at his cottage for like a, a ton of it with his like cousin and and started producing her and like got like really into his own production like by himself heck yeah yeah no, I, I definitely um that yeah i definitely uh kind of <laughs> dove into new genres of music that i had never really like kind of stepped into before which was became a fun. country boy Ooh. <laughs> I became a country bumpkin. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, well, it's, it's so funny though. Cause like, I feel like when you're not exposed to, uh, certain types of music in the right environment, um, you'll maybe be closed off to it. And I think I was yeah. closed off at a certain point, um, until last, not this summer, but last summer, um, I just <laughs> I was around a lot of country music and, <laughs> and it's, it's great. It's, it's good stuff, you know? And, um, I think it, uh, it came in at the right time and I love it. And now I can confidently say I appreciate all types of music and it's funny because like we were we'd go to shows or we'd play shows and fans would come up and talk to us and we'd talk about our favorite types of music and they'd be like oh like anything but country and i would say the same thing yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah anything but country but uh, <laughs> no it's it's i think uh you just really have to be exposed to it in the in the right environment um yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's one of the things I got into is uh, country music and, and producing that a little bit on the side. But um, I, I got obsessed with space. 
Oh, okay. I, just, I don't know. I, I had I like a <laughs> <laughs> I became like a space nerd, and uh, what? Did, wait, what'd you say, Mike? I said it's because the gummies. You yeah, got all existential. <laughs> oh, I mean, I got existential in general, but um, yeah, no, weed gummies plus space thoughts. Whew. That's a lot. <laughs> but just blow your mind. But, real quick. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, but it's been really cool to watch like what uh, like SpaceX and Elon's company is doing and. It's uh, it's a it's a cool thing. It's it's really really fun to watch with like Starship and don't even get me started. Don't. It's just <laughs> and it's been a it's been a great summer to uh, to star watch and Jupiter and Saturn have been right yeah. there in the sky every night. Super cool. But uh, wow. yeah, that's been one of my one of my COVID hobbies for for sure. I got uh, I got yeah. really into making uh, pasta. Ooh, like like hand making like eggs. <laughs> yeah, hand making it. Oh yeah, wow. that's right. And um and like cooking, because I moved out of my parents' house and moved into this apartment in Toronto, and like uh, I became vegan, and so I like have like have to learn how to cook mm-hmm. and so i got like really into cooking and i made this like alfredo linguini vegan alfredo linguini the other day that like i was so proud of myself because like i notoriously like with my with like my girlfriend and her family and her friends and stuff i'm just like a horrible cook because i've like I've screwed up cooking so many times and it's funny because I'm like super Italian um, or at least I look super I'm only half Italian really but like, <laughs> you know, like I was raised with all this like amazing Italian cooking but I yeah. never actually learned how to cook because there was just like plates thrown in front of me my whole life so yeah I've been like making like a lot of pasta and I love it and I'm pretty good at it I will say I can confirm right. it's good it's good <laughs> our last uh, our last Airbnb stay when we we did a uh, a writing trip uh, slash production trip. Um, Mike made uh, the last night or like one of the last nights. You made yeah. pasta, or well, I guess we did we did it together. But but he led the whole thing. Ra- ravioli, right? Uh, yeah, we made it- ravioli. Oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> Stuffed with the like three cheese, yeah. Oh, it's so Man. good. I'm so hungry now. Best one I made though was we made um the other day my roommates and I we made uh, uh the pump we made like a pumpkin like a sweet pumpkin ravioli. Wow. Yeah. With like sweet pumpkin, it's so good. That's it. Oh. I'm coming over for dinner. It's, yeah. it's gonna, I'll bring macaroons. I'll trade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll be dessert. I'll trade. do dinner. <laughs> um. Well, I, I just think it's so funny because I feel like everybody, like, you know, obviously did, like, creative ventures and stuff like that, mm-hmm. especially for you guys, um, and finding those, little, like, pockets of, like, happiness. Like, I moved, um, yeah. I graduated college in uh, December 2019. I moved yes. home, and then COVID hit, and I was, like, I had a full-time job, and I still was going into the office, and, like, we were getting tested and stuff, but, like, I needed those, like, yeah. so hence, like, this podcast number one was one of them. Um, yes. <laughs> and then baking. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, this year alone has been essentially explosive for you guys um like 1999 um 
TikTok. That's a whole thing. Um, and I found that it's, it has hit over 170 million streams and appeared on viral charts in the U.S., obviously, Philippines, Korea, Japan, and even more. Um, and the first time I heard this song, um, I obviously loved it. I was born in 97, so I hit that, like, perfect zillennial mark. Have you guys yeah. heard of the term zillennial? Zillennial. Yeah. No, so, I, haven't, I haven't heard that <laughs> term, actually. That's good. Really? Well, Gen Z, millennial. Like, yeah, it's, like, the yeah. perfect if you're, like, right in between. Um, and I think that's why, like, personally, I think the song did so well is because it hits that, like, perfect age gap of, right. like, people who want to experience those things. We're kind of there, we're kind of not, but we grew yeah. up in that, like... Um, kind of era so how was your reaction to that was the plan to like kind of go at that on tiktok or did it just happen that way well no it honestly like it was so organic which is so funny because we we like hyper plan and overthink so (laughs) much shit like every little detail like has to be so perfect this and that like we get so obsessive but then 1999 was like honestly the least amount of effort we've ever had but (laughs) but it was just like fun and organic and it was honestly a lesson for us like we gotta like overthink less because we literally we we were writing a song uh over zoom with our friends charlie uh and 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 uh john and like they're from nashville actually which is really fun too but we were like writing a song and like nobody was really vibing it like it was all kind of like uh like this is good but like maybe let's start something new and we like just kept pushing and nothing was coming so then we were like okay let's like take a two minute break and then let's set a timer for like 30 minutes whatever we come up with those 30 minutes like if it's good we keep writing if it's bad like we just call it a day some days you don't get it some days you do Mm -hmm. and then we ended up writing that the like the melody of that hook i think it was john that originally came with like if you wanna and then um from there we were like okay that's amazing let's roll with that and then we went back we did the verses and the pre and then it just wrote itself in like an hour um which was great and then we were like actually jamming to it like that original video was not staged like we had a guy named chris our our old friend chris borges uh Mm -hmm anyone who's watching you should go look him up on instagram he's awesome and we had him up to like document like uh, you know us writing and producing and stuff and just making content and we were just like bumping to the demo because we like loved it so much and he like filmed it and like posted it and like it actually we woke up the next day and it had like hundred thousand something plays or views or whatever and then like within the week it was over a million and then it just like kept going so our like we had a call with our label and our management and they were like you have to release this like right now <laughs> it, it, people people are asking for it just give it to them and we were like fuck okay yeah so then, so then we this is where the effort came in in like three days we we had to like finish writing like the bridge and tweaking it and stuff uh and then we fully produced it the next day and tracked vocals. And then we got it mixed and mastered, like, basically the next day. And then, like, wow. uploaded uploaded to Spotify, like, the day after. And it was just, like, boom, 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 boom. Like, just 16-hour days. <laughs> it all finished and wrapped up. Um, and then it came out. And it's been... It's our best streaming song. Right, Alex? Oh, Alex is the data guy. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's... Yeah, it's uh... our- we were just like 
okay, well, that just, like, happened in a week, and I don't even remember. Like, it was just... (laughs) It happened. It it really fell out of the sky. Like, it just... It almost feels like a... Like a distant memory, but it... At the same time, it was like yesterday. Like, it just... Just happened. Yeah. Yeah. And we just rolled with the vibe of not... Not overproducing it, not Mm -hmm. overthinking it. We were like, this happened organically. Like, whatever comes to mind, let's just do it. And we wanted to keep it really simple. And... I think people really connected with that. And so we just focused on what people were connecting with and didn't want to change it too much from the video because like people obviously connected to that TikTok video. So it's like, if we then went and overproduced it from there, like I don't think people would connect to it. So let's just like literally keep it the same, just make sure it sounds really good. And that's it. That's all all we did. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. And the interesting thing is, like, I've seen, like, other bands and they've had, like, similarly the same situation. Um, Not as explosive, first of all. And, you know, it's not like a... Not, not in like a bad way, um, but yeah. it's it's not like a kind of like an upward. It's kind of like a peak and then it just drops down. And right. for you guys, I feel like that that didn't happen. And um, as like a longtime fan, like I like I, I adored that. And then, of course, you guys drop Society and then Tempo. Um, and as recording this, it's not out yet, but your publicist had sent it to me. So I did hear it. Um, and oh, shit, are we in love? Um, you guys have like hit different like emotional like points in people's lives with all four of these songs um which i think is fabulous and um saying that like maybe you know it's honestly like one of my favorite albums of all time um (laughs) i'm like very excited to hear like the continuation of all of this because like i'm getting the similar feel of like hitting kind of like a theatrical um like a very much cinematic uh uh album or ep or whatever that looks like um and for tempo i do want to bring up um you worked with josh goodwin who has an amazing resume um dua lipa the aces and personally there's two other ones that aren't related but the the despicable me too soundtrack and uh soldier boy tell them and for you guys he mixed it right yeah how was that process? Like, how did that happen? Did you guys like out like want to work with him, or did it kind of just like fall into place? It's funny because people ask us that a lot about tempo, but mm-hmm. I think what a lot of people don't know is he mixed the entire "Sucks to See You Doing Better" album or EP. Okay, yeah, yeah, and um, so we actually just like again, it's it's going back to like how I love Justin Bieber uh, and his music and the way everything sounds. And then also there's this producer named Ian, Ian Kirkpatrick mm-hmm. who produces a lot of like the Selena stuff and the Dua Lipa stuff and like all those incredible artists. And it all just sounds like so good to me. So I started like looking into like who was all a part of the process, like, you know, from, you know, the artists singing it to the songwriters, to the producers, to the mixer, to the masterer. And, um, there was this like through line of like Ian Kirkpatrick going to like Josh Goodwin mixing it. And, um, this guy named Randy, uh, mastering it. So we were just like, let's reach out to these people because like we're obsessed with them. Um, And so we sent, we got our managers to like get in contact with Josh's manager, I believe. And he listened to the music and I guess, I don't know, he liked it. (laughs) (laughs) He also said he has like a really 
like Toronto has a very special place in his heart, which is like uh, probably helped a little bit, but was like really nice of him to say. And um, so he was like, yeah, I'd love to work with you guys. And so it kind of just, yeah, worked out. We were both fans of each other. So I guess that is kind of the key ingredient. For sure. And it was great. He's incredible. <laughs> like, he's so talented. I was, like, looking through his website, and I was like, oh, that's sick. And then I saw the Despicable Me tra- soundtrack, and I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that he does stuff like that, too. Um, so is there any producers you guys have ever dreamed of working with you'd like to work with? I mean, like, personally, I would give my left leg to see you guys do something with Jack Antonoff. Um, oh, yeah. But that is just my personal bias. <laughs> I mean, that would be a that'd be a pretty crazy one. It's it's funny because I mean Jack was definitely a very early inspiration because he's been making I mean he's been making incredible music. Even in fun. For, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Like also, I really hope there's a fun reunion at some point. <laughs> just the, I I love fun so much, and I I feel like I didn't realize how much I loved fun until like after they weren't really a thing anymore that's another example of an artist that's just changed pop music and radio forever for sure didn't mean to cut you off alex but yeah no no absolutely no um no but i feel like it'd be it'd be interesting at this point to see what we would do with with jack you know um because we we obviously do a lot of production on our own and we've developed so much as writers and producers and and I mean, like, so has he uh, over the years. Uh, but he has like a staple sound. I feel like it'd be it'd be cool to see what would come from that. Yeah. Is there anybody else you, you dream of working with? Ian Kirkpatrick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obsessed with Ian. Uh, Jorgen was one of them. Uh, so Jorgen produced. Uh, I think he's the only. Yeah. Him and Andy Seltzer are the only other producers on this EP, right? Alex, yeah. I think? Yeah. Yeah, so Jorgen produced Oh Shit, Are We In Love With Us? And he is disgusting. He's ridiculous. <laughs> like, every sound he puts, he's very minimal with his production. Like it's, But every sound is like the best sound I've ever heard. And I'm like, literally how? Like, it's such a dream. I love it. He's worked on, like, Holy by Justin Bieber, and he, yeah. like, did, like, he's done a bunch of, like, incredible stuff, and, um, uh, you know, also found him through that, like, vein. And our manager is actually, like, old, old friends with him oh, wow. and his manager because, like, they knew each other when they were working on projects in, like, Vegas or something, like, years and years and years ago. Um, and somehow he's so only 20, that, 24. That was 24? 23. Wow. 23, is he? No, oh, my God. 23. It's, like, depressing. <laughs> it's, like, ridiculous. But he won, like, a, a beat-making beats, like, contest when he was, like, 15. And that's when his manager found him and started, like, having him produce songs and stuff. And then he produced, I'm pretty sure, like, an Imagine Dragons thing or something. Yeah. Or, like, something in that crew when he was, like, 16. And it, like, went to number one. And then since then, he's just been, like... A machine. A machine. Oh, yeah. Absolutely Jeez. ridiculous. One of those crazy, crazy talented people. And he's just had like a bunch of number ones last year. So super, you know, happy for him and proud of him. I say proud of him as if I've known him my whole life. I haven't. <laughs> but it's just like for some reason, I'm just still so proud of him. Um, he's just amazing. Uh, he's also the nicest dude ever. So really happy to have worked with him. Um, 
Who else? There's a lot of writers that we super want to work with. Um, but producers, like, there's so... It's so hard. Like, yeah. there's just so... There's so many good writers and so many good producers. And, like, it feels like... It sometimes gets overwhelming, like, trying to network and work with all of them. Because we also naturally in the band there's four of us so it's like a four-way you know co-write so it's like sometimes it gets so much we're like ah like it's it's hard to keep up with everything yeah um but also it's such a dream to work with so many of these people so like we kind of have to like take it slowly throughout like the process and over the years and just know like we're you know hopefully going to work with everyone that we want to work with eventually and just kind of take it at a slower pace but yeah there's so i feel like there's probably also some other uh i feel like maybe like more established or or larger uh names maybe like like max martin or something that we would i i mean i have no idea what we would what we would get from something like that but i feel like it'd be really cool to just see that you know um yeah we're open to, to anything. So, Max, if you want to come and work with us, we're like, we're back in late September. Um, yeah, come here. Yep. Let's, let's hit them up. <laughs> and we've never reached out. Might as well. No? Might as well. It's funny. You're the, Listen, I see we, the gears turning in your head. You're like, you know what? Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> let's do it. Well, why don't we try? I mean, Coin did that song Cemetery with Max Martin. Was that with Max Martin? coin yeah the cemetery was with max martin oh that's a great song yeah i feel like a baby is being born in front of me right now (laughs) (laughs) it is uh it is a great song there that concept was amazing i love that um so i i want to get into oh shit are we in love but while we're on this topic um you guys um including karen rob have also produced for other people and um, a lot of people we've had on this podcast have worked with you guys in one way shape or form Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Beyond the Sun I know did a write with Karen Robb and No Disco has worked with you you guys are friends with No Disco Um, how is it being that you guys like your reactions to bands wanting to work with you now that you guys have gotten to this point Um, I think it's amazing and I love hearing when and The Wildlife was another one that love those boys um, so it's it's crazy how is that reaction to you guys for being the band that people now want to work with in that that way shape or form i think it's a i think it's a beautiful thing like i i don't i don't think it's necessarily like an us thing as much as it is like just like collaborating with Mm -hmm. like people who you like connect with on like a musical level or like a career level and like always trying to like learn from each other because we do it to other artists like all the time as well like we um you know we know what it's like because we our whole lives have like reached out to like bands that we admire and a lot of you know a lot of these artists that reach out to us we also love their music so it's like it's a pretty mutual thing but it's i mean it's it's flattering it's really cool um but we also like think they're awesome so the people that we do work with um you know multiple times or whatever we see a lot of potential in and we also you know want to be a part of their crew and we want them to be a part of our crew and like build this like community of artists that are coming up together so it's really fun Mm -hmm. 
For sure. I just, I think it's, it's just so funny. Like every time I was interviewing somebody, it's always like, oh, like, you know, here's Valley. And they're like, oh yeah, we've worked with Valley. Oh, we want to work with Valley. We've opened for Valley. We've done this. And it it was just like the funniest thing because it was never planned. I mean, like I knew you'd worked with No Disco in the past and I knew Beyond the Sun, but it was just like, what the fuck? Like these, these, these people are really everywhere. And and I didn't realize it until these conversations kept happening. So our shit, oh shit, are we in love? Um, I absolutely adore the track. Um, and I will say the, the hook was stuck in my head for the next like 24 hours after I listened to it. Um, and I think it's just a fun track and the video is even funnier. Um, (laughs) I wasn't expecting it either. (laughs) I know. It's so weird. Yeah. We found, we shouldn't say too much. I mean, is this going to air before or after? It's going to be, um, uh, the September 18th. So you can, okay. That's what I sent it to you before. Yeah. Josh, the animator. Oh my god! We found him on Instagram, and we're just like, "Hello, we need to, we need to work." Yeah, Josh and Sawhill killed this video. Um, We just wanted to try something different, you know. Like we've never done anything uh, from like a like an animation standpoint or a special effect standpoint. and yeah it kind of just we were brainstorming we were like what haven't we done that's like yeah within grasp like what what is feasible for us to do at this at this level and and uh we found josh through instagram i think it was right and yeah um he's he's just so talented and we were like (laughs) yeah let's let's try this and yeah and josh uh absolutely hit it out of the out of the park it's it's crazy the guy who um uh shot and directed it named sawhill uh sunset sawhill you could also look him up on instagram and then josh the animator was uh was is just joshin on instagram uh yeah we like accidentally ended up working with sawhill because the people we usually work with um they were like out of out of town at the time we had like a tight timeline and our friend sawhill shoots um some other uh friends of ours and stuff so we we called them up and we were like yo we got this like short timeline our like normal the dudes we usually work with are out of time and he also like slayed it and then we got in contact with josh and like it all kind of came together really quickly and by accident in a in a way um which turned out beautifully like i can't believe <laughs> it's just so weird the video is so funny i love it it's like all of a sudden alex just turns into a slushy brainstorming <laughs> all the animations were so fun we were like, oh yeah we just had a bunch of ideas to josh and he told us what he could and couldn't do and he yeah. said back too and it was just really funny it felt like a high moment we were like what what's wacky shit that we can do <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? We were all yeah. sitting at a at a park bench in in Toronto, or like a pin, no like pun a intended, table. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there was some wacky shit we came up with. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was fun, and uh, yeah, I, so I'm weird. stoked for everybody to see it. I guess at this point, uh, when this airs, people will have watched it and hopefully liked it, and yeah. <laughs> And the track alone is great. And um, out of the couple songs that we've heard this year, um, it's more so of like the love song. Um, and I imagine it very much in a romantic comedy. Um, yes. You know, pre-video, of course, it could be anyway. But <laughs> what was the inspiration? What was the writing process like for this track? So we did it on Zoom over, I mean, over Zoom with Jorgen. And um, it was really funny. Uh Rob and I's girlfriends had like this like 
really funny like comment conversation on one of our posts that was like uh i think becca or charlotte commented is like oh they never write songs about us and like tagged becca um as like a joke because i think i don't know one of charlotte's songs was about me or something i forget what post it was on it was really funny and then they had i know they were like oh men right and then like all the, all the fans were commenting like why don't you write songs about your girlfriends and stuff and we thought it was so funny because like it's just like a it's it's a weird thing when there's like four people uh writing a song but then like you're trying to write it about like your relationship so like it's always been just like kind of hard to do in terms of it getting diluted because like obviously like if alex is single or like kara's single like they can't like you know be writing from my perspective of my girlfriend or it's like it's just like harder and like weirder but then we were like fuck it like let's do it let's try it so we were like let's just also like we don't really have many love songs we have a lot of like songs about connection and stuff but it's like kind of elusive whether it's about a relationship or your you know your friend or your relationship with your mom or whatever it's like so we were like let's just write a fucking love song you know (laughs) just straight up so it's kind of about thinking that um so i mean both becca and rob's relationship is similar to charlotte's and i's in the sense that like we were friends before it and like like doing stuff together like you know like traveling or whatever or like working on music together or something like kind of having this like connection as friends and and then so it's kind of about the song's kind of about like thinking you'd always fall in love with someone in this like romantic comedy way where like you know you drop your keys and the other person picks them up and your hands are touching you go oh but then (laughs) one day you realize like the person you know that you end up with or whatever is like oftentimes just somebody who's been there the whole time it's like you belong with me by taylor swift (laughs) you know yeah so it's like it's it's the oh shit moment like oh shit like we're in love like let's just say <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so that's funny yeah. it's it's such a great track i'm excited for everybody to hear it i i can't wait to save it on spotify it's pre-saved what are you guys excited most about about the next couple shows um there's bottle, bottle rock mm-hmm. uh wonder bus is tomorrow for you guys and then obviously the nashville show which i can't wait for i'm so excited to see it um what's the most exciting part about those coming up to help people Uh, (laughs) I don't know I mean like I we've played so much as a band we've been so fortunate to have uh the time to to rehearse a bunch and play new songs um actually no I think I think playing the songs that we've had out for you know the better part of a year live will be great we're gonna play a bunch of the sucks EP um we're gonna play a few maybe songs and we're gonna play some new songs and um i think just yeah being able to do that is gonna be really nice um yeah i i've got nothing meeting the fans fans in person it's gonna be so great yeah exactly um because yeah no i feel like we've grown so much over the last we've almost 18 months so go ahead yeah Sorry. Oh, no, I think the internet was doing that thing where we talk over each other. My bad. Um, I was just saying, like, I think we've, like, tripled our monthly listeners since the pandemic started, and we haven't met any of them in person, you know? So it's, like, getting to have that, like, actual human connection and not just, like, 
seeing comments or like statistics you know it's like right a lot more cold but like being able to like meet these people in in person and like hear the stories of how they heard our music and how it's affected them is like really what makes it worth it you know like worth like worth the the grind or whatever (laughs) you know just like the doing it um so that's gonna be really special i think um so do you want to play a game of quick pick where i make you quick pick a song with the first scenario or first first song that comes to have with specific scenario mumble jumble yes. <laughs> um so the first one is you are trapped in an elevator and the person you are stuck in the elevator with their phone just won't stop ringing and the song is your worst nightmare to hear over and over again what song would be playing um this might be controversial but i'm picking dynamite by tayo cruz i can't stand that song <laughs> oh my god um honestly some like some like very like i don't know like some super pretentious um like fusion jazz (laughs) i I don't know a specific song or um honestly if it was a valley song that would be the worst if a valley (laughs) song was just like playing over and over i'd be so awkward Yeah, um, you'd fall out of love with that song too. You'd be like, I don't want to <laughs> freaking listen to this song anymore. But Never this- play the song live again. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually have a specific song, but I feel like, you know, like when there's, I mean, there's there's different songs for different situations, and I feel like a high energy like rap song would not oh. be what I want to listen to all the time. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if I was if I was trapped in an elevator. That's the last thing I would want to hear on repeat. <laughs> That's fair. Or you know what? The hold song that goes... Oh, my God. You know that song? Always, every time I'm on hold, I hear that song. I don't want to fucking hear that when I'm stuck in an elevator. Absolutely. Uh, I think the iPhone, just general iPhone ringtone would just make me want to just... Oh, God. Yep. I think I could I could stand the, the original iPhone ringtone, like the marimba. Um, okay, so the second one, you are teleported back to 1954, and you're able to play one song to spice it up. Very similar to Back to the Future. What song are you playing? Um, I picked How Dare You Want More by Bleachers, because I feel like it wouldn't be too far off for them to like change the course of musical history, but it would be a good one to blow their mind. I've always thought about this with tech, but I haven't <laughs> thought about it. With, like, I'd love to bring like my laptop to the 60s. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like, yo, check it out. I'm recording digitally, and they like, put the fuck digital. <laughs> Um, but song? <laughs> I play WAP. Uh, I'm WAP? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my god, you'd, you'd honestly probably be putting Will. I think I'd be playing um, with the steak. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Did you say the 40s? Uh, 54. No, the 50s. 54. Was there anything significant that happened in 1954? No, I just in randomly picked that year. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think I'd bring like I'd bring back a song where like melodically it would be acceptable but the production is like so good like I don't know like Senorita oh by, like, yeah Juan Mendez or like cause I would want to bring back like a super aggressive hip hop song but I feel like people just would just be like no so it has to be something 
like I would want to do something shocking like that for the fifties, but also I don't think it would just it just wouldn't be res- like no one would care. So you're thinking so strategically. <laughs> I feel I feel like okay. final answer, Senorita by Shawn Mendes. And That's I don't know. I, I feel like it'd be like a Coldplay song or something. I don't know something that yeah. I I, I feel the same way. Like I feel like it'd have to be something that people would actually accept. Um, like fix you, but but like oh, yeah. yeah, but still, but still move the needle on on progress and <laughs> yeah. music and time, you know. The last time yeah. I asked that question, I did say WAP. So <laughs> did you? <Nice>. Really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. But I think I said the twenties. That was the difference. But you know, oh my god! Either way, <laughs> yeah, the people doing the foxtrot to WAP. <laughs> um, so I have one more. Um, you're on a first date and it went terribly. You have to drive the person home. What song are you playing on the drive home to cut the silence? Um, I picked uh, today Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Um, oh, God. Just to, you know, crunch up the little uncomfiness that's already going to be happening. I don't know why, What's but... The... No, you go. go I on. had Bohemian Rhapsody come to mind. I feel like you'd want something that, like both of you would know and that you could like kind of sing to or hum to like who who doesn't know that if you don't know that song <laughs> i don't know i don't know what you're doing but yeah i feel like it just have to be something that's that song that's like i don't give a fuck i don't, I don't give a fuck i don't give oh okay. uh, big sean big yeah sean, that yeah. song i play that song <laughs> full of blast <laughs> no that's so mean i would never do that <laughs> I always, I always ask this question because I think it's so funny to think about that situation. I think I'd play "Apologize" <laughs> by because I feel like I'm so sorry I was so awkward. It's too late to apologize. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um. Damn. Let's see. I have one final question for you guys. Um, musicians have the ability and the platform to leave marks on the world, either that be bigger or smaller. As a band, what mark do you want to make? Get mm. vaccinated. Long term. That's a great question. I think like positivity and like optimism. Uh, but also relatability in the sense that like, cause our music has like a lot of depressing lyrics with, or, or a lot of lyrics about like us struggling with like life and mental health, but like wrapped up in very boppy fun music, like instrumentally and melodically as well. And I think that is kind of what we can give to the world because you know we're not perfect humans but this is like our music is really just our experience kind of wrapped up in music so um like i think it's like knowing that it's okay to to have some like to struggle with mental health and like it's okay to feel shady sometimes and it's okay to feel great and like but also trying to like move the needle more towards like living like a positive life but knowing it's okay to struggle because like we all do as individuals but just trying our best to like affect the world positively really i think like escapism mixed with relatability i think is like that's the what we try to do like no that's definitely the the perfect balance i mean you want to be able to leave the the world better than you found it uh, including from yeah. like a human standpoint. 
Absolutely. And I think that was perfectly said. Um, I appreciate you guys. And Valley, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Allie. Thank you. It was fun. Appreciate it.